The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bear and Balanced. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss over at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, how you feeling today after the Bears drop a blowout loss in L.A.? Jeff, it's it's kind of interesting because I'm I, I was I was waiting when I hear your voice. I'm always waiting for your intro that you do on on, on Bears over beers. So was, I was curious how you were going to play this intro, and it's you know I, th- I think at some point it's going to get a little more theatrical, right? <laughs> <laughs> got we got to get some theme music going. This is a yeah. new podcast. This is episode one, so not quite sure where our producer Robert Schmitz is going to be taking the <laughs> show. Uh, but once we get some music and once we know exactly how we're going to be leading in, I'll, I'll make it a little more theatrical. But yes, uh, and it is fun to record that theatrical intro without the music because you just have to have it playing in your head. But we are uh, starting a new podcast this year. We wanted to have a podcast where we reacted with a little bit of distance from the game. There's the Bear With Me show that has an instant reaction. A lot of times you can have your emotions high and you can have some incomplete information and maybe say some things that you regret in the morning. You know, you you get a little bit too excited. This is a little bit of distance. Hopefully the emotion is mostly cooled down. Uh, We were going to have a tagline as a few degrees cooler uh, in honor of Lester's favorite malt beverage, uh, but we have not added that. (laughs) tagline in yet Um, but that's what this show is going to be about we're going to be coming to you each and every uh tuesday morning in in your podcast feed uh for a reaction pod uh throughout the year so after every game so very excited to be pairing with you on this lester yeah, it should be fun. You know, it's it's going to be a thing where we we kind of take a chance to to sleep on the game, think about it a little bit, maybe go back and watch it. I mean, of course, the all twenty two is not available quite yet, but if they go back and watch the game and you know have a chance to hear hear the press conferences, like you said, you know, sometimes some stuff's taken out of context. You know, on the the immediate post game show, it's it's a little hot takey sometimes because that's you know that's the nature of that kind of show. Us, you know, let's just wait a minute, check it out. You know, have the press conferences come. And then we'll give our take on the game after that. So, so with that being said, Jeff, I mean the Bears got smoked, but uh, was was it as bad as as you thought it was watching live? I think it was exactly what I expected the game to be going into it. So I, I guess I 
saw a lot of what was going to happen. I was really worried about the secondary that got exposed. I was worried about the offensive line that got exposed, but you know, there were some positive things. There were some maybe surprises on both sides. There were some guys that I just didn't think showed up and there were some guys that I thought, okay, yeah, let's see what happens there. Um, And, you know, we got to see Justin Fields. I actually did not think that that was going to happen. And so that was a little bit of a pleasant surprise for my expectations. He had five plays in this game. And so there was, there's always interesting things that happen. And I think overall, it was about what I expected, better or worse. I can't really say, but there were some things that uh, were pleasant surprises and some things that we're going to need to talk about. Yeah, I had a feeling the game was good. Obviously, I, I picked the Rams, but I had a feeling the game would be a little closer. And it was funny because in, in, in the keys of the game that I picked for, for at the site, I had it, you know, the Bears had to run the ball. They had to chew up the clock, a bunch of short passes. And then the the other part of that was, you know, the defense had to come through. And obviously the defense did not come through. If, if that would have happened, the game would have been much closer. But as it was, I mean, the Bears offense, it's so funny because it's like they scored 14 points. And as Bears fans, we're looking back and we're like, eh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, you know, I mean, the, 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 the bar for quarterback play in this town, unfortunately, is very, very low. So Andy Dalton, he had the terrible pick in the end zone. It was tipped past. These things happen. But like I said, the bar is low. So you look at his overall numbers, you're like, well, you know, the offense is moving. I think they had like 24 first downs, which is something I was shocked to see. So, you know, there were some positives there. The the the, the O-line was ho- opening up a few holes for, for Montgomery. The run game was working. But um, where was the play action? Right. Not enough. Yeah, we've been begging for play action, you know, since Nagy took, took the reins. And we talked about this a lot where – you know, Nagy seems like a guy that likes to design play calls, uh, pass plays specifically, uh, but he has delegated the run game to other people in the past. You wonder exactly what his relationship is with the run game. Does he understand how to mesh the run game in with his pass game and that intersection, which is play action? He doesn't use the play action uh uh, concept nearly as much as what a lot of the in vogue play callers are doing. You know, he's he's not anywhere close to the McVeighs or the Shanahan's or anything like that. And, and we're just not seeing enough of that. But I'm not sure that there's a very good continuity between the run game and the pass game. They don't, those concepts don't seem to work together. And I think that we're still seeing a lack of that in Nagy's game plan and in the execution on the field. I was also surprised that we did not see more of the the the, the bootleg, the, the boot slide offense that we saw last year with Trubisky. You know, I thought that was going to be the bearish plan going in. Of course, then when they had to go to Nick Foles, that they had to scrap that whole thing. You know, but I think that's something that the Bears can do because that 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 warrants itself to running play action because that's you know based it's all based on that. I mean, we, we it, it happens with the Rams, we see it with the Packers. You know, teams that are successful that have a quarterback that can do more than just those simple boots and, and those half field reads, which the Bears now have in Andy Dalton, you know, he can he can go through all of his progressions if he has time. So especially against the Rams and Aaron Donald, why were most of his passes dropbacks? It just seemed like it was a – I understood the game plan. You know, they want to get the ball out quick. But on the same token, it's like, okay, well, you can roll out every now and again. Let's move the pocket. Let's not be in the same spot all the time. So guys like, 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 uh, like Donald and, and Floyd can, you know, really tee off on you. Let's get him moving around. I mean, it's not like Andy Dalton's a statue. I mean, he's a decent athlete. You know, he – I don't know. I just think this is a big year for Matt Nagy. You know, it's a real big uh, uh, put-up-or-shut-up year for him. He has to show that he is capable of, of calling an, an NFL offense. And, I mean, the jury's out still, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and one of those things that they may have been expecting was for Cody Whitehair, who I would say is their best player along that offensive line, to show up last night and not look like a zombified <laughs> Cody Whitehair. Uh, that was, I think, the worst game I've ever seen yeah. Cody Whitehair play. Um, he he just got absolutely whipped all game that I could see. You know, I, there's it's more Aaron that Donald. you can go back yeah. and look. And it's Aaron Donald. He's yeah. the best defensive player in the league, if not the best player overall in the league. Uh, but it was a bad game from yeah. Cody White here. So, well, that's uh, why don't we get into. So what we're going to do is we have a few segments. So we just full disclosure, we have not shared our answers for any of these segments so we are going in blind so we will react to each other's picks for these segments but because lester and i both have a little bit of a playing background we both played along the offensive line defensive line we appreciate those guys up front and so we are going to lead off every show with a segment called trench tribute and we are going to talk about one bears player from either the offensive line or the defensive line that we think deserves a little bit of the spotlight we're going to take that up top so lester who do you have as your trench tribute for the first episode you know it was rough uh the 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 the, the, the fresh watch when i watched the first time was like you know i wasn't really sure who to go with i had a couple ideas then i watched the game again today and my initial idea was scrapped and i'm gonna go with a guy who had a really really rough preseason game and that's jermaine Fetty. i'm not saying he had a clean game this week because there were some issues there in pass pro, a couple issues with, uh, with again, with Aaron Donald that he just totally whiffed on some blocks. But overall, where he came from in preseason, where Bears fans thought this guy had just completely, you know, just, just dropped off a cliff. I mean, he looked horrible in that last preseason game. He looked serviceable this week. So for a serviceable Bear this week, for my, for my, for my, for my guy, is going to be a Fetty. Decent, but... um. At this point, with the, all the other problems the Bears have, I guess I'll take decent this week. I'd have to go back and look again. I don't really want to go back into that uh, hellscape <laughs> again, but he might have been the best offensive lineman uh, this week, so uh, that's a good pick. I, I'm going basic, and I'm going to take the guy that got the sack this week. I'm going to take Akeem Hicks. He looked fired up. They had that close-up of him where he had the crazy face, and he was kind of sticking his tongue out, and he's fired up. And like I just like – Akeem Hicks, the human being, and I like that he wears navy and orange, and I like that he looks like an actual bear, and he wears 96, and that's a big number, and just like everything about him just kind of speaks like defensive lineman, and I love that he got the sack. I think the official score went they half split Quinn, yeah. half, which that's what it looked like to me live. And then I looked at the stats like pretty soon after that, and it looked like they had fully credited Hicks with the sack. They went back and corrected that to, to Quinn. So Quinn has a half a sack and Hicks has half a sack. But I'm going to give my shout out to, to Hicks because I think that's the kind of energy that I enjoy watching as a football fan. But also I think that that's the kind of energy that needs to keep up and we need him healthy. Um, and he actually did have like the one impact play on defense that we need to call that out. You know, plus this is his contract year, so it's a big year for Akeem. All right, so are, are we going to go to the next segment here? Yeah, let's do the next segment. So we're going to call this Sweet Tweets. Uh, this is the tweet that we want to highlight. Um, I actually have two, but uh, I'll just start off with one that's pretty simple and straightforward. It's from uh, our friend Olin Kruitz. He's at Olin underscore Kruitz. You may remember him as a center, longtime center <laughs> for the Bears. Uh, and I just wanted to bring this one in because – Olin just seems like a guy that just kind of speaks his mind, but also like sometimes he just gets straight to the point. And his tweet said, 
Fields, please. That was it. And I thought, Olin, you kind of nailed it. That's what we're looking for right now. We just need more Justin Fields. We got five plays out of Justin Fields. He went two for two, 10 yards. That first play down in the red zone, that pass looked really sharp to me. He had a nice uh, read option run or or run, whatever that was, for a three-yard touchdown scamper. Then he handed the ball off twice. But he had a clean sheet, if you will. His five plays went, went well. Um, and we need absolutely more of him. I would like to have 100% of Justin Fields, but we need to see a steady increase of Justin Fields. Every single week, they should increase his, his plays, increase his package. And, and you know, as far, as far as package, I don't want to see a special group of players. I want to see him run in the offense. Right. I want to see him get in there for a few series. You know, let's see what he can do if he has a couple plays in a row, not just come in for a, a reverse or, or a read option. You know, come in, let's get a series or two in each week and then increase that as the week goes on. And then eventually, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to go to Justin Fields. Right. Yeah, my other tweet uh, is also a Fields tweet, but it's from Patrick Finley at Patrick Finley. And he says, maybe the most intriguing part of Justin Fields playing Sunday was Matt Nagy's admission he would have taken more snaps were the game closer. I saw that. What? <laughs> what? I, wait, what? Yeah. Like, so Nagy's saying that if the game was closer, he would have used Fields more. So what I take from that is he didn't want to, show cards that he had put together and so he's saving he's like, okay this game's lost i'm saving this uh these package of plays this package of plays that has feels uh, centered in them for next week because we're not going to win this game but like why wouldn't you use more fields to get the game closer keep the game closer like i, I just it's a there's so many weird quotes and so many weird admissions around this offseason. It just that, this one was just stuck out to me. To be like, if you think he's gonna make you win the game or help you win the game or help get keep the game closer, play him more. Let's do it. Uh, for me, for mine, I was I was I was doing some work last night on, on my, uh, my 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 snap count article, and and I, I saw a nugget that kind of intrigued me. You know, the Bears defense last night had no tackles for loss, and I can't remember the last time that happened. So when I tweeted that out, you know. At IDF162 tweeted back at me, how many explosive plays did the Bears give up? And I know you're a big guy with the explosive plays, and it was uh, it was horrible. And, and uh, the Athletics' Kevin Fishman actually tweeted out something that they gave up two plays of 50 yards last night. And that's more than they gave up in any season going all the way back to 2015. Uh, and also he had another nugget here where the Bears had two plays that had more than 14 yards. The Rams had 10 of them. I know an explosive play, I think, is what, uh, 20 or more? But still, on this, just, you know, this it was just a difference yeah, okay. that of 14. 14. But, you know, it's, yeah, you it's, draw the line. You draw the line. You have to do it yeah. somewhere. And, and then, I, the, 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 the real quick, the last one he had here was the Bears gave up 7.7 yards per play, and that's the most the Bears have given up since 2016. Yeah, they were cutting through them. I mean, it was it was butter. I I went through and did actual explosive play count. And the Bears had one. It was that David Montgomery the run. Big one, yeah. Yeah, right up at the top. So that was their only explosive playoff game. And then the Rams had four. Two of them were those touchdown passes. One of them was the pass to Higby. And then one of them, when they were uh, salting the game away late, uh, was a run from Henderson. So I, I count explosive plays as runs 15 yards or more. Okay. And passes 20 yards or more. Because that is the way that I originally learned it from the guy that, 
um was that the brian billick thing billick yeah the yes, billick yeah. toxic differential yes, he had yes. it as that that was his now different teams counted as different ways and so you know you might see numbers differently and you're right i, I do remember them having a lot of passes in the upper team uh, the rams had passes in the upper teens uh and so if you counted as you know 15 yards or 16 yards like some do or just have an arbitrary cutoff to make your point, which is what a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of reporters that don't work with numbers do. And it's kind of drives me nuts. Like just have a standard, right? Have a standard. Like, yeah, oh yeah. More than <laughs> seven and a half. It's like, don't pick a random number just to try to prove your point. Like have a standard and stick with it throughout, you know, your reporting time period. Don't just try to draw a line just to prove your point. That drives me nuts. Um, my, uh, my oh oh that was your tweet that I mean, was my tweet did it lead into your it stats? leads us in ah it's not really so so like for the the next time we're gonna have it's called it's called uh is there what do we have is it called something special jeff i forget i don't know i'm, I'm gonna call it caught up in a numbers game caught up, i like it okay and uh it's uh it's our stat of the week something that stuck out to us so because what, what jeff has his head for jeff you have a brand new stats article on wednesdays Drop it at the site, and I have, of course, the, the snap counts and stats article I do every uh, every day after the game. For for me, my 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 number or stat of the week is twenty point eight miles per hour. Ooh. And I don't know that, if you if, if David you caught Montgomery. That. Yes, David Montgomery. Next gen stats uh, tweeted out that he reached twenty point eight miles per hour on his forty one yard run. And that is the fastest play of his career. And there was a lot made out of his speed work in the off season. And you know, it's only one game. But you know he does look quicker. He looks faster, and I think if 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 the Bears can you know lean on that a little bit, that's going to be good for this offense for the long term. Boy, he looks good. I mean, that really is the silver lining, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have him a little bit later. Uh, but I also saw that one of the fastest times that they recorded was Khalil Herbert on that kick return. And okay. So the the Bears came out fast like they, they obviously came out with the speed there's some other speedy guys that we didn't really see them able to turn on the jets but maybe we can talk about that in a little bit too <laughs> i actually have a snap count as my stat of the week and i had to bring this up because this is something that we talked about in the offseason quite a bit and i have to bring this up how many snaps did our whatever million dollar a year tight end get 14 yeah. snaps he had two targets one catch and one ball that skipped to him in the dirt ryan pace if you're going to keep <laughs> jimmy graham on this roster for 14 snaps a week what are we doing like that and, and you know what here's the thing i agree with matt nagy he shouldn't be out there for more than 14 snaps these people are like oh he's only 14 no like, i don't want more jimmy graham Jimmy Graham's a situational player. Jimmy Graham's a situational player that needs to be playing in the red zone. I don't want him in between the 20s. I think those snaps are wasted. Give those to Cole Komet. Give those to J.P. Holtz, for God's sakes. I don't care. But don't give them to Jimmy Graham. Give them to Jesper Horstead. Like, but don't give them to Jimmy Graham. And I, so I, I don't disagree. I, I don't want that number to be higher for Jimmy Graham. What I don't <laughs> want is the, the amount of money that goes to Jimmy Graham because the opportunity cost of keeping Jimmy Graham on this roster is that you had to cut Charles Leno. You had to cut Kyle Fuller, right? You could have found a way to keep one of those guys if you would have made the decision to cut Jimmy Graham. And that offensive line looks a little different if Charles Leno is still there. That secondary looks a lot different yeah. if you could have found a way to keep Kyle Fuller. 
And so I, I do not understand the priority setting that th this conversation that Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace had at some point where they said, this is important for us to keep Jimmy Graham above these other guys. Does not make sense to me. You know, this might go back to just how, how they value his leadership, his experience, him being a veteran. And it kind of goes back to the old Danny Trevathan, Nick Kwiatkowski decision. And they let Nick Kwiatkowski go and they sent Danny Trevathan. Of course, now Danny Trevathan's injured, but they, they did that because they valued what he brought to the locker room. And, and I understand that to a point, but at some point, you have to understand what you're, what you're putting on the field. And if Jimmy Graham's only going to get a handful of snaps, like you said, I'd rather see those go to – I'd rather see stats go to Jesse James, you know, instead sure. of a guy like Jimmy Graham, because Jimmy Graham, we, we all know what he's going to give you. I mean, and, and that catch he did make was a nice catch. You know, he used his body. You know, he he knows how to use his body and, and box out a defender. Great. That's a nice play. But for $9 million a year, get, get I, I almost dropped an F-bomb here. <laughs> we'll keep that's, it clean that's horrible. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a bad decision in roster building. It's not understanding the value of the player. It's not understanding the value of the position. I, I'm I'm sorry, a red zone one trick pony specialist is not nearly as valuable as a number one corner, as a a serviceable left tackle. Those guys should have absolutely had the priority to be kept. Uh, if if it was a money crunch over Jimmy Graham, sorry, like people that are on Twitter that are Jimmy Graham. Fans, there can't be they're that many there. people that there's are, a few out there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there's not that many people that can be related to Jimmy Graham. There, there are people that will defend this move that Pace did, but I, I can't. Like this proved to me exactly why all off season I just I thought it was the easiest cut. I thought it was one of the three easiest cuts. Yes, right. Uh, Buster Screen was an easy cut, and you know Jimmy Graham was right there. It, but it didn't happen, and now we got to live with. Yeah. And again, I don't want 30 snaps a game for Jimmy Graham. No, we're good. This is what we should get. This is proper usage. So maybe he'll surprise us this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's pause for a quick break. And then on the other side of this, we're going to come back with uh, probably the best segment ever, which is <laughs> we're gonna, just going to call the three bears. So stick with us. I want to tell you guys about a fun game called Thrive Fantasy, which combines the fun of daily fantasy sports and the rush of making prop bets. And what it is, is that daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props, so you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that will have the biggest impact in every game. Here's how it works. You'll choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup, and each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Thrive has over 140 grand guaranteed prizes for NFL's Week One and has already awarded over four million dollars. And Thrive has a featured 100 grand guaranteed contest that just costs 20 bucks to enter, and first place will take home twenty thousand dollars. Just use our promo code Windy City when you sign up today, and you're going to get a hundred percent instant first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Free money is always good. Just download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store, or go onto the website www.thrivefantasy.com. And remember, sign up with our promo code. Windy City, good luck, and prop up today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, Lester, let's get into the three bears. So here's the concept. Everybody knows Goldilocks and the three bears. So Goldilocks <laughs> goes in and, you know, the porridge, one bowl's too hot, one bowl's too cold, one bowl's just right. You know, one bet's too hard, one bet's too soft, but you get it, right? What we're going to do is we're going to identify somebody who came in hot. Like they came in better than we expected them to come in. We're going to identify somebody who came in just right. That's what we expected. It may have been a special teamer that filled their role. Maybe maybe was a really good player that played at a really high level. Whatever. It was what we expected. And then we're going to identify somebody who is cold. Somebody who just did not look like they were performing up to the expectations. So that that's the three bears. Let's start with the good news. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of an optimist. So let's start with the good news. Let's start with the hot bear. Who, who was, well, that sounds bad. Who, who came in <laughs> hot? Who, who's, whose bowl of porridge was hot here? You know, real quick though, I think we should go, uh, uh, this is a little, little, uh, uh, producing on the fly here. I don't want to finish with cold. Okay. It, All right. Well, we can flip. Let's it go hot. Let's go hot, cold, just right. Cause we're balanced. So let's finish off with the just right. The guy who did oh, just hot, right. Oh, hot, cold, just right. Let's okay. go hot, cold, just right. All right. So okay. for me, hot, I got a feeling to be the same hot as you. And it's going to, for me, it's, it's it's David Montgomery. I mean, this guy came in, you know, I, I was expecting a big year for him. I actually, I'm not a big gambler. Uh, I'm starting to get more into it, but I actually bet the over on his, 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 his yards this year, his touchdowns. I think Montgomery's in for a big, nice season. And he had a hundred yards, you know, in three quarters. And I have another next gen stats for you. He was third in the entire NFL through Sunday's games with plus plus 32 yards, rushing yards over expectation, which is basically he gets hit and then he keeps going. And that's what we saw the whole night from Montgomery. He was getting hit. There were some holes there, but he was getting hit. He was breaking tackles. Arm tackles couldn't stop him. You know, he, his touchdown was – was he powered through Aaron Donald, for crying out loud. So, for me, my hot bear is David Montgomery. All right. So – 16 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. That's an excellent game, particularly when you had an offense that you know didn't do particularly well. Uh, it was the one thing that they could, they could seem seemingly do. That's also the guy for me. Obviously, I think we just have to give some love to David Montgomery here. I I think you mentioned the betting. What I found interesting was some of these player props for for total season yards, and you know, there's a lot that goes into that. If a guy gets injured. You know, it, they don't give you your money back, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, you're, you're counting on health. Everybody kind of thinks like, well, this guy will stay healthy for all 17 games. I'm calculating that he's going to have this many yards, whatever. Uh, I believe that you had, what, was it 1,050 yards was the bet that you made? Actually, mine I got uh, for, I think, 975. Okay, you draft, got the same bet that I did then. Yeah. Okay, so I got him over, at nine, uh, over 975 as well, which I thought was just like, Wait, what? Why? Yeah. Why do they not like David Montgomery? Now it might yeah. have been a reflection of the offensive line, whatever. But that was a pretty low relative to a lot of other running backs, and I, I hit, I pounce on that one as well. So we both have David Montgomery stock here, and 108 yards where you only have to get 976. Like that's a that's a pretty dang good start. Yeah. But We're uh, close he looks already. great. <laughs> he, yeah, he he looks great, and like I never like to lean on the He's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> he had such a great off season. You know, everything's going well for him. But, you know, it did seem a it hit a little different with him. Like it was very specific of what he was working on. Yeah. And they were like throwing out numbers like, no, no, no. Like he's running this 
pace. Like he was running faster than what he was. Like this is like real. He he has uh, he has gained speed. Like th- this is real. It's measured. And it was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And it looked absolutely like that. Like, and he still has that contact balance. That's kind of the buzzword on him when he came out from a scouting perspective. That when he gets hit, he doesn't go down with first contact. He's able to stay on his feet and he's able to get a couple extra yards. Oh, a yard here, three yards there. You know, you you add that up over a couple hundred carries, and that is a that is a way to really boost that overall number. So I'm really excited about David Montgomery and seeing what he can do. Um, I'm really excited for him to be able to come out and have a really good first game. He really was the silver lining, I think, kind of of the whole team. Um, you know, maybe you can say Khalil Herbert <laughs> looked looked like he's uh you know competent back there returning kicks, but. On the flip side of that, who's got the cold bowl of porridge? Uh, for me, I'm going to go on the defense because the defense is pretty awful. And, and I'm going to actually go with uh, safety Eddie Jackson. You know, he just had uh, – it seemed like he had no interest in wanting to tackle very often. He wasn't very physical. And this is something that's kind of been happening the last couple of years with him. You know, he was in a, a, a really a really good year in 2018. And then just – he just hasn't been the same guy. And then I know part of it is obviously the Chuck Pagano scheme. But here he is now. He's back in a scheme that he should feel comfortable in. And I just didn't see the effort. And then him forgetting to, to touch the guy that was down, him and Gibson both. I don't know if you heard it uh, – uh, last night at the press conference, you know, Matt Nagy said it's a learning experience for these guys. And then he reiterated that stupid ass statement again today. It's a learning experience for these. These guys are professional football players. You don't know to touch a guy when he's on the turf. Oh, yeah. uh, a, a undrafted free agent rookie in the preseason doesn't touch the guy down because he's used yeah. to the college rules where the guys down the in the in the place blown dead. Okay, I can ex- I can accept that explanation for that specific situation. Eddie Jackson and Tayshawn Gibson, the guy, the guy that's like, how many years has he been in the pros? Like, what think, are we I doing? Think, I think Gibson's like a, an eight or nine year pro. Yeah, he's been in for yeah. a long time. Eddie's been on way too long. Obviously, a lot of people are are taking umbrage with Jackson because of his contract and how much money he's making, and it did not seem like he was putting in the effort. It didn't help. Uh, uh, Jackson's my guy too. I wanted to call him out here. It didn't help that there was a little video that came out where oh, brutal. I, the Bears site brought it out. Like I, yeah. I don't really understand what they were thinking with this, but Jackson basically is talking to his secondary mates and he says something to the effect of like, eh, everybody tackle. What you got to do is not worry about yeah. tackling. You worry about trying to take the ball away or whatever. And I don't know, somebody found inspiration in that and shared it on, on online and on Twitter and a lot of people are like, wait a minute, Eddie, you're not the guy to talk about not tackling because you, you're you're you've got some issues. Like the, tackling has been a big issue for you, so maybe don't take it so nonchalant. Not only did he not touch the guy down, he took a terrible angle, yeah, and 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 just totally whiffed on 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 a tackle. I I'm I look, I've defended Eddie Jackson for a long time. Same, yeah. That's it's it, man. Like I, I can't do it anymore. You're back in a scheme that's that's supposed to be friendly for you, and if you can't perform now, like I, I can't help you. Like Pagano's gone. Like that excuse is gone. And so if you can't recapture 2018 magic, then like we're just gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to call it out. And and it sucks because I like Eddie Jackson a lot. I like what yeah, he can be. Same. It's funny because like 
when you look at the secondary, you figure you had Jalen Johnson, you had Eddie Jackson. Those are the two guys you know you're going to get something from because the corner, the other corner's nothing. The, the nickel, Marky Christian got the nickel start this week. What? Okay. Oh, so, where does so, that come from? So, so there are some issues in the secondary. So Eddie Jackson has to be Eddie Jackson, right? And, and he wasn't last night. Yeah, that Marky Christian start kind of came out of nowhere. We, I think we we're. I mean, not that we were like, oh, Duke Shelley's going to be great, but it was it was rather surprising. And then, uh, you know, one of those blown coverages, I, it kind of depends on who you're listening to and, and where the blame goes. It does seem like Christian was supposed to carry that route all the way through and, and maybe cut that off, but could have been one of the safeties was, was supposed to take that on. But um, yeah, he did not have a particularly good game either, but <laughs> not a lot of people in this, in this secondary did. But like you say, if you have you know, premier players in the secondary, they have to play like it because they have to make up for some of these replacement level guys that you're counting on because you had to cut Kyle Fuller, right? You, you cut the best player in that secondary. And now those other guys have to step up and play, you know, above their station to, to make up for that. And that, that did not happen in week one, terrible matchup for them, but like did not happen in week one. We, we, we need to see better. All right. So let's end with the just right this. So this is a guy that we just, thought, hey, want to identify that they played about what we, we thought they would. So who was that guy for you? For me, I'm going to go back to the tight end spot. We talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm going to go Cole Komet. Okay. He was targeted seven times. He had five catches, 42 yards. I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, his blocking was was kind of touch and go a little bit. He, I think he had one drop in the game as well. But when he had the ball in his hands, he, he ran hard. He ran physical. And, and and this is kind of what I expect from Cole Komet. I expect him to hit about, you know, uh, six, seven targets a game, you know, and be part of that offense. I would like to see him use a little differently, a little more of the, of the stuff uh, the stuff across the middle. I don't think we saw enough of that. Again, that kind of plays back into the, the old boot slide offense, you know, where you're able to get that, that tight end across the middle from the opposite side. We just didn't see it enough. But what I think Cole Komet, you know, like you said, he should be the guy getting, getting some of those targets from Jimmy Graham anyway. So I think Cole Komet, if he can kind of keep this pace up and stay in this in this lane, I think that's good for the Bears offense. Yeah, I mean, if if he's averaging fifty yards a week, you know that that averages out to about eight hundred and fifty for the year. If he can stay healthy, that's, that's, that's a hell of a year. That's great. That's great yeah. for a tight end. So, I mean, if he if he's able to do that, um, that that's a good year for Cole Komet. I have a very similar player that I'm that I'm identifying here, and that's Marquise Goodwin. He, you know, four catches, forty five yards. You know, nothing that jumps out at you. But again, this guy's expected to be the wide receiver three. The someone that I thought this guy's probably going to take that role uh, w- when he signed. It looks like he's comfortable in that. He's got plenty of experience. Um, I think this is, I think Brian Pace is probably feeling pretty good about the Marquise Goodwin signing, I think yeah. is what I'm saying. And I, I thought he played all right. I'd love to see him turn loose a little bit. I, I know that maybe the coverage dictated uh, that he, you know, he didn't get a, anything deep thrown to him, but Goodwin's a solid player. If he can stay healthy, this is a it's a pretty good addition to this wide receiving core. So this is a, a definitely an, in my mind, this is an improvement over Anthony Miller's inconsistency. I probably won't get anybody to disagree with me on that. But uh, you know, they they did get more professional in the wide receiver room. I think that we have to kind of acknowledge that of all the kind of the negative things that we've been harping on a little bit, the wide receiver room did add some like legitimate professionals that um, I think can provide a level of consistency that Nagy's probably been wishing some of those guys in the past uh, were able to deliver and haven't. And so I just want to identify Goodwin because I thought he was solid. I'd like to see where his season goes. 
I think with the with those guys like him and with Bird, you know, I, I think right now we kind of saw a lot of the curl stuff. I think I'd like to see them do more 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 pick stuff with them, kind of get them the ball in space and kind of let that speed take take hold. Like you said, the Rams were playing a lot of stuff really deep. They were really stopping the, the deep pass. Okay, fine. Let's get him going vertically underneath and let's get the speed and let, let him make a play with the ball in his hands. I think that's that's the next evolution of this offense. And, you know, we'll see what happens uh, next week against the Bengals. Good segue, man. That's the first show. I mean, that's reviewing this. I mean, you got any final thoughts on this game? I, I, you know, these are the segments. We're trying this out. It's a new show. If you have any ideas, you're listening to this, you know, let us know, obviously. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm at Gridironborn, so you can hit me up there. Uh, on the website, just kind of let us know what you want to hear. But we we wanted to just kind of start off with something that, you know, it's a little bit removed from the from the game. And things that we, in in hindsight, have thought, okay, let's identify these things and talk about them with uh, the emotion kind of taken out. But um, I, this is this is the show, man. What what, what else like do you want to say about the Rams? Yeah, I mean, it was good. I think the game went about like I expected. Like I, said, I thought it would be a little little closer, but I, I, I saw no way the Bears were really going to win this game. So, so I mean, it's it's funny because like it, it's week one in the NFL. Everyone has overreactions week one. So if the Bears come out next week and win. Bears fans are back on, on Nagy's side, I'm sure. So we'll see what happens. I think that the number of plays for fields has to increase. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I honestly wonder if there's a scenario where Nagy gets booed at Soldier Field for not playing fields enough. Because I think that yeah. this fan base, I don't know that that this coaching, not that they care, but I don't know that this coaching staff understands just how behind uh fields this fan base is like the, i've i've never seen anybody embrace so quickly as justin fields has which is great you know yeah. and it's not andy dalton's fault you know andy dalton's you know, signed you know he's a professional he wants to continue his career and the bears offered him a lot of money to play quarterback for the team it's not andy dalton's fault don't take it out on him yeah uh but bears fans have decided like justin fields now please dalton's gonna get booed <laughs> it's gonna yeah, happen. It's, it's gonna just happen. how it's gonna. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But uh, like you said, they everyone wants to see Fields, so I think that I, I think we're gonna see it. I think we are gonna see an increase. I was a little surprised to see you know him out there as quick as he was last week. I figured he'd play, but he was what the, the fourth play in. He's in the game, so like, let's go, let's rock, let's get Justin Fields some more reps, and let's have some fun. Absolutely. That's, I mean, if if you can't be good, at least be entertaining. So that, that's that's been my philosophy for a long time. So yes, let's let's have some fun. Let's get him in there. Let's see what this is all about. Because to me, 2021 is all about Justin Fields. Um, we will check in next week together uh, when we talk about the Browns. But do you want to run through the lineup of the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel and what's going on here? Yeah, I mean every Monday or every every. Post game is going to be bear with me, Robert Schmitz. Uh, immediate, immediately right after the game, it's going to be him and a guest. Uh, this last week, this or last night was uh, was Quentin uh, Buckus Stats. It was an awesome show. I checked that out earlier today. Um, of course, we're going to try coming to you guys uh, at, at least Tuesday morning. Sometimes we'll have it up a little early because we are actually recording on Monday night. Um, the next day on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Rule of Three. Robert Schmidt, Danny Meehan, Brandon Robinson, more of an X's and O's approach to the game. Uh, Thursday is going to be Bears banter. Bill Zimmerman always brings in a really a really good guest to kind of share their thoughts on, on the Bears and the NFL in whole. After that, of course, is our pregame show, which is now Bears over Beers. Jeff, of course, hosts that along with EJ Snyder. 
And then, of course, I have T-Formation Conversation. I'm coming at you this this year, uh, Friday night, late Friday night. I'm going to talk about the injury report of both both uh, the Bears and their opponent. And then every other week, we're going to try and have more of a draft-centric show with uh, Jacob Infante, our lead draft analyst, and Danny Meehan, one-third of the Rule of Three podcast, talking about some prospects they like. Should be a fun channel this year. It's a good lineup. There's a lot of podcasting coming at you. There's a lot of articles on the site coming at you. So hopefully you are staying tuned to that. Uh, until next time, though, appreciate you tuning in to this recap show and bear down. Right. Oh,